This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Whoa, goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh, he played. Oh, he's the Hello and welcome to the only podcast for every non-FBS team in Texas. In this episode, we're going to preview a massive Lone Star Conference battle between Angelo State and Texas A&M Kingsville. Prairie View A&M travels to visit Houston Christian and McMurray is at East Texas Baptist. We're going to close with picks for nine Big time week seven contest as we do every week. I am Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider for Dave Campbell's Texas football. Find me on your fav- favorite social. Okay, let's try that again. I'm going to say find find me on your favorite social media channel at Corey Hogue Sports, C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E Sports. It's all one word, and it's a lot easier than it is for me to say right now. You can find my work at texasfootball.com. Joining me as always is Riley Zayas. He is, he is not becoming, he is one of the foremost experts in Division Three athletics. Find Riley on social media at Zayas Riley, Z-A-Y-A-S-R-I-L-E-Y. And you may actually know him more from his work at truetothecrew.com. That is the source for Mary Harden Baylor Athletics. You can find all of his work on UMHB at true to the crew on your favorite social media channels and true to the crew.com. It's one word true to the crew. CRU. If you didn't know that you do now, there you go, man. I know we talk about this a lot, Riley, but I'm looking at the schedule and I'm starting to say we we're in week seven and yep. we're, we're, and I'm looking ahead to week eight and I'm honestly, I'm starting to get a little sad already. <laughs> It's gone fast. It's gone very fast. And uh, you know what? We just have to be thankful each week. We, we get to talk about these games. and get to see them play out. But, yeah, this season has flown by. And I think part of it's been just uh, seems like every week there's, there's big results. And we're never really looking too far ahead in the future because, you know, that very next Saturday there's three, four, five, six games that you're circling on your calendar saying, I got to watch that one. And they just tend to fly by when, when it's like that. We've had so many – uh, weeks of, of really, really competitive, competitive matchups. And, of course, the state of Texas never disappoints. But uh, we got a lot of good ones to talk about again this week. I'm looking forward to it. We do. And uh, for those who don't know, we are not good at the picks. And uh, <laughs> so, so look, that just tells you how good the football is around here, how good it has been. <clears throat> but, Riley, we're only a few weeks from really talking playoffs we're a few weeks from starting to pare down these teams. And I'm curious from your point of view, if you've got any teams that you think truly have a shot at a national title. You know, that's such a tough, it's such a tough thing because, you know, there's, there's so many things to consider uh, so many national factors. Now, I think when you start to go down the list, there's certainly some teams that have kind of separated themselves, right? And and honestly, you know, it, it's tough. Like, in the preseason, I probably would have said to Angelo State, and I, I probably would 
still put Angelo State in that category because what we've seen from them in past years is this team that tends to really ramp things up when they get into that playoff you know, picture. But the LSC is tough this year, right? And, and there's no guarantees um, even as you, know, you look at some of those matchups that they might have. It'll be a tough road to get there, right? I think, though, Angelo State still belongs in that category. I'd be interested to get your thoughts, too, on, on some of those other teams. I mean, even a team like Mary Hart and Baylor, like, it's just hard to figure some of these teams out right now, right? Because we've, we've seen the highs and we've seen the lows, and we know what they've done in the past. Um, and, you know, UIW is another where we know what they can do. Um, the question is just, you know, can they all put, can they put it all together? And some of that's going to depend on, the matchups they have in, in those early rounds of the playoffs. It, well, you're right. It does. But it also helps when you can win your conference. And right, right now, UIW is on that path. UIW is going right. to win their conference most likely, especially after beating Southeastern Louisiana last week. I think they're they're in, they're in a spot. If they don't trip up, they're going to get a top eight national seed. I think that automatically makes them a challenger again for a national title this year i think in division two i'm not sure because colorado mines is so good and there are some other good teams in the region but in the lone star conference it's it's an angelo state it's a kingsville and they play this week we'll know a little more about that then next week is utpb and angelo state so we're going to know a lot more in about two weeks on the lone star conference division three I think you got to give it to Trinity right now. You know, they went on the road. They had some people might not be aware. They had some travel issues and some things that were last minute and they got delayed and, you know, just some things that happen to every team. When you travel commercial, this is what happens. And these teams do that. And it's not something other people don't, but they overcame that before a big game at Barry and they won that game on the road. And I felt like that was a a lesson that they learned at St. John's in the beginning of the year, winning the big game on the road. Things might not go your way, but they did it. And and that to me, they're going to roll the rest of the way through their conference. Uh, I think they're going to be the way things are shaping out in division three right now. No reason Trinity is not going to have a pretty good draw and likely, and they could even have home field advantage through the playoffs. So I give them a shot. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, to follow that up, the Barry win, I think, is more impressive than maybe a lot of people may be willing to give them credit for. Barry's a really good team, and they may or may not make the playoffs this year due to the you know small number of at-large bids and their strength of schedule, but Barry's a very good team. They were playing well at home. Trinity overcame that halftime deficit. If I had to put my top two, it's, it's UIW and Trinity right now, and I, I kind of, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, D3 always is famous for those you know, first round matchups that, uh, you know, pit some in-state opponents against each other. We saw Trinity and Harlem Simmons last year. Of course, Trinity and UMHB as well in the second round. We could see something like that again happening this year. Um, but Trinity definitely with their fifth year seniors is heading on a good path in, in Division Three. Those are my top two. Uh, I, I think Juco, I still believe, I give Kilgore uh, a good chance. They've only had the one loss. Uh, right. If they can keep going, if uh, Willie Gooden can keep them going, I think they've got a shot. Texas Wesleyan, they're a playoff team. I don't think they're a national title contender this year. But, hey, being a playoff team says a lot. And that you know, I don't know that we have a national title contender in D2 either, but we have playoff teams. And that tells you we have really good football, and we're going to get into previewing some of those games in just a second. But first, 
We want to let you know that we are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Megaphone, whatever platform you use, please like and subscribe to it. Also, if you want to help us grow, here's how you do it. You like, you share, you follow us, find us on the social media. When we put out the the podcast tweets, please go share them. We appreciate every single one of you who do. Thank you so much for listening. It's only because of you that we're even able to do this. And with that, we turn into a game of the week that Riley, I I got actually pretty excited about this one today. I was working on my game of the week preview for the website and Kingsville in their home, their, their home opener when they faced West Georgia, they had 10,500 as the announced attendance. And that's not an in, inflated too much number, right? Like they, there are some schools that get accused of inflating numbers. Not, not this, that was a, a good 10,000 there and it's homecoming. They got homecoming. They have Angelo State, one of the top teams in the conference, a, a better conference rival, and you've got a place. You are headed over 10,000 again at Havelina Stadium this weekend, Riley, and I think that could be a great equalizer for the Havelinas. That only adds to the atmosphere, right? I mean, when you have a crowd like that, we certainly know. I mean, I've gotten a chance to watch a little bit uh, of them on – you know, on live stream and they, they, their crowds are loud, right? They create a good, good, you know, environment for them there. It's, it's fun to play games like that. And whether you're the, the road team or the home team, right? Even if you're on the road here, it's, it's a cool, cool deal to be able to play in front of that many fans and fans that are happy to be there and, and are engaged in the game. It only, it only adds to, I think, what we could see from this matchup really being, Certainly the game of the week, but maybe a game that we're still talking about when we get into playoff time and, and pointing to this result as a, as a pivotal one when we look over the course of the season for both teams. I think that is a guarantee, and I even wrote that, not quite probably that eloquently, but I did write that uh, in the in the preview. And another thing I wrote is these two teams are built so similar. They're built on their defense. They're built on their run game. They need a quarterback to just manage basically be a game manager don't turn the ball over make the right reads right throws and that i think is where the x factor comes in in this game uh, i've got the quarterback play and you've got gardner over there for angelo state he's a transfer he's coming in first year he is actually he's been getting better and better he's he's completing 60 percent of his passes i believe 10 touchdowns four interceptions the key for him is going to be taking care of the ball on the other side is where I think Kingsville has got to be concerned, especially coming into this game. Jacob Cavazos is out. He had his second concussion in five weeks against Permian. He will not play. That leaves Kanan Williams, and, and Kanan is a sophomore, but he plays like a young sophomore a lot of times. He needs to be able to stay firm in the pocket uh, to make his reads, not escape too quickly, and then he, he's really got to be careful with how he gets rid of the ball. Sometimes he he's got to make sure that ball security is his number one uh, issue. And that it really is the way for both quarterbacks this week. It really is right. The quarterback play is going to be a, a big factor. As you said, uh, you know, it's one of those things too, where you know, last week Kingsville, you know, pulls out, uh, you know, a, a very tight, you know, seven point win over a good, you know, West Texas A&M defense. 
I thought that said a lot uh, for them about just what their offense can do, right? I think we've known how good their defense can be all year. It's going to be if, if they can put up enough points, right? Because we know what Angelo State can do and, and what they've done, you know, already on, on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think these two teams really come in similar in a lot of ways with similar, you know, similar needs, similar X factors in this one, um, you know, when it comes to, to what's going to get them a win and what needs to go right for them to be able to pull out that against a, a very formidable uh, LSC opponent. Both teams are 2-1 are and one conference play. It, it's going to be a battle. Look, Kingsville gives up 17 a game. Angelo gives up 19 a game. They're both top three in the conference in yards allowed and in points. It's going to be hard to get it. That's why each possession is going to be so valuable. We'll give our picks for that game here in a minute, but we're also going to preview a couple more first, starting with this one. I didn't think this one would be on my radar so much in, in this week, but yet here we are. Prairie View A&M, the Panthers – not far to travel. They're heading into Houston. They're going to meet Houston Christian. And, uh, Riley, this game is sneaky interesting. It really is because I think on paper, when you start to break it down, Prairie View is, is the favorite, the obvious favorite. Um, they've done a lot this season to, to really put themselves in that category, in my opinion. But I think, you know, Houston Christian has shown that they can show up and they can play well. We also saw them play not so well last week. Um, I think they, you know, the inconsistency is something they are still working out as they bring in, you know, mostly new coaching staff and, you know, a lot of a lot of new players who are still trying to adjust to the system. But, yeah, both these teams are talented, and, and I think it's going to be interesting how competitive this matchup actually turns out to be uh, between these two teams who both really want to win this game for a few different reasons, but mostly just because at this point in the season. You know, you, you want these wins, and, and uh, especially for Houston Christian, Braxton Harris, there in his first year as head coach. This would be a monumental victory for them, especially to get it on their home turf. It's a big game. It's going to be a fun one, and uh, both coaches are tremendous people. Uh, I think Prairie View has been able to survive some games late this year. They, they beat Texas Southern. Uh, they got another win on the last second field goal. So we know if it comes down to that, that maybe Prairie View is favored. But Houston Christian, that team can put up some points. They didn't last week against Nichols. I don't know if that says more about Nichols. I, I'm starting right. to think maybe Nichols is pretty good. Uh, yeah. But Houston Christian, you know, they did get a win on the road at, at Southeastern Louisiana, and it wasn't that they just won. They ran them off their home field. And that's not a bad SLU team Man, I tell you, there's so many ways this one could go. It's gonna be it's gonna be a one possession battle on this one. Yeah, for me, I think the key comes down to Prairie View AM's rushing offense against the HCU defensive front. Uh, you know, Prairie View has been so good on the ground, you know, this year. That's been really what's what's allowed them to roll to some of these big victories. Now, I will say their defense looked pretty sharp uh, last you know, play Mississippi Valley State. Uh, Mississippi Valley State actually had one more first down than them, but uh, obviously the score ended up very much in, in Prairie View A&M's favor. You know, you look at this matchup, I think, for, for Houston Christian, they're just going to be able to stop them on the ground, force them to go through the air a little bit. And honestly, too, you know, Houston Christian does have a little bit of an advantage here. I think their passing game is, is has been good. It wasn't as good last week. I think three interceptions there. If you can clean that up, Prairie View A&M, maybe if they have a, a weakness defensively, it isn't that pass defense. 
Houston Christian can really hang in the game if they can complete some passes downfield, start to get that offense moving that way. Mississippi Valley State makes a lot of defenses look good. And with that, we move on to the next game that we're going to preview this week. And that is McMurray at East Texas Baptist Riley in another game that I did not expect to be having as one of the premier games this week when the season began. But that says more to me about Jordan Neal and the Warhawks than it does about uh, East Texas Baptist and Coach Root. Yeah, McMurray is is a very competitive team, and, and having seen them already play in person once this year, I was impressed by just how tough they were, right? They played Mary Hart Baylor really tough for a full half. Things got a little out of hand the second half there, but we saw last week against a, a very, very talented hard Simmons team, McMurray nearly pulls off the upset. Uh, you know, people throwing all kinds of things. It's a rivalry game. McMurray's playing a little tougher. Honestly, at the end of the day, I've seen McMurray a couple times this year. I saw him against Birmingham Southern, the season opener. They are just a team that really wants to win. They're, they're going to be physical, right? And they're going to make sure that they don't let you pick up any yardage without earning it. Harden Simmons had such a good rushing attack and just really wouldn't go anywhere against the McMurray defense last week. Uh, there were some big plays, especially on special teams for both sides, but uh, ultimately, McMurray, with McMurray just keep pushing that game in overtime, this is a lot about what the Warhawks can do moving forwards, and I would think gives them some real confidence to hang into this one. It does, and look, I I am one that uh, I, I will go public and say that uh, I predicted that uh, I that McMurray would be close and and give a scare, <laughs> if not pull out a win. Uh, you know, and I, I said that to a few people. It will not surprise me because I just McMurray plays well against Harden Simmons. They have since Jordan Neal has taken over there. And but this is a much better Warhawks team. I, I think people don't realize how good Birmingham Southern is this right. year, too. Like they're they're not a bad team. McMurray's done well. They played well. Congrats to them. Now we got to look over at the Tigers, though. When you look at what Coach Ruzica has done there, it, it's been kind of up and down at times for the Tigers. It really didn't start well, but it seems like they had an embarrassing loss a few weeks ago, and then they had a bye week. And since then, we have seen a different ETBU team. Uh, they they lost to Howard Payne by 14, but that is also a good Howard Payne team, and that is not – a bad margin there. I have seen, I, I don't know about you, Riley, if you want, if you might see something different, but I have seen an improved Tiger squad the last couple of weeks. I really have. I really liked what I saw against Howard Payne. You know, I think uh, per your reference with, with Mississippi Valley State a couple of minutes ago, like you're really only as good as, you know, some of these results you have to look at within the context of who you played. Right. And to me, Watching Howard Payne go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Harden Simmons a week prior and watching ETBU battle Howard Payne, uh, it, it really said a lot for me about what ETBU can do. You know, they were shut out in that whole first half, and, and that's a tough spot to be in. But I'll tell you what, the defense kept a minute, and, and they got into the second half, cut it down to eight points, you know, hanging into the fourth quarter. You know, th that's a good spot to be in for, for a team like ETBU who really had some question marks entering the year, there's no doubt that they're competitive anymore. And, and now it's just a question of can they win some of these games. 
that they've ended up on the losing end of, you know, losing a, a player to here or there. But ultimately, I, I think the defense really looked good because Howard Payne, we know what they can do throwing the football. And, and really, in a lot of ways, that you know, Howard Payne had some big completions, but ETBU limited a lot of that stuff. And it, it was able to keep their offense in the game to where they were in a point, even midway through the fourth quarter, where there was still a chance they could they could hang in in, in that game and end up you know making a, a late rally. That's a really big credit to the ETBU defense, and I think that's going to be a, a major thing to watch for in this uh, this matchup on Saturday. Okay, so we've talked a lot about these three games, but it's time to start putting some picks down, Riley, and we're going to make picks for nine games, including those three we've already previewed here. Before we get into this, let's recap how we have done this season. Uh, after a five and four week, I have pulled back to a 28 and 26 overall record and in a tie with Riley, who went four and five this week. We just can't get separated on this. Like, this has been, if you followed this each week, it's, guys, it's ridiculous at this point how bad, how bad it is for us sometimes. But we're tied. I won last week. I'm going to go ahead and take. First pick this week, and we're going to start with Angelo at Kingsville. It's going to be a big crowd. It's a homecoming. It's a big, big game. Um, Cannon Williams, sophomore quarterback. I've, I mean, it's a big game. It's homecoming. He's at home. There seems to be a lot more nerves when you do that. Angelo comes in the more experienced team, having played a little bit better schedule. I'm taking Angelo this week, Riley. And I am as well. I'm going to take Angelo. I think, you know, just looking at what, what you know, some of their players, guy like, you know, running back Brady Wilcox, what what, the, what they've done has been pretty impressive and pretty solid through the first few games of this season. I think uh, it's going to be a tough win. It's not going to be easy to pull it out, especially on the road. But I think they find a way to get the job done in a, you know, pretty uh, defensive-minded battle, low scoring. I, I, would, I won't be surprised if, if we see the defense kind of take the day for both teams in this one. All right. That takes us. We're both on Angelo state. That takes us down to Houston, Texas and Houston Christian. They host Prairie View A&M. What you got Riley? You know, Corey, this is a tough one. I went back and forth on this. I think Prairie View A&M is a very, very talented team to me. And I just, uh, what they've been able to do through this season, uh, especially with their, with their rushing game, as I mentioned before, to me, it's just it's so hard to stop. But Houston Christian, you know, they showed us a lot with their win over Southeastern. I think it's going to be close. I think ultimately Prairie View A&M finds a way to pull this one out. But I don't think it's going to be by much. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think Houston Christian really looks uh, really looks solid in this one. But Prairie View A&M ultimately finds a way to get it done. You've been hitting the nail on the head. It's about the running game. Prairie View A&M has a really good running game. Houston Christian has a really good run defense. They grade really high on pro football focus. And actually, Houston Christian grades out. I think they win, and I, I'm going to say by a touchdown this week. We'll see, man. We're, That's, going, we're going opposite, right? We are. We're going opposite. You take Prairie View. I've got Houston Christian. I even we'll called see, a man. touchdown, right? Like I'm, I'm not just calling. <laughs> I, I called us. I called a darn touchdown because that's how ridiculous I am sometimes. <laughs> anyway, that takes us in to the third one that we've already previewed. McMurray at ETBU. This was the one that I really had a hard time with. 
but I think, again, this comes down to the defenses and the run defense and the run game in particular. I just trust ETBUs more, and they're at home, so I'm going to take them, and not by seven points. I'm saying by about one. Yeah, and I would I would see the same margin. I, and this is a 50-50 game right here. I mean, I could see this playing out a few different ways uh, with both teams you know, winning in different scenarios. I think McMurray finds a way to get this one done. Uh, you know, last week, like I said, it, it was it was a it was a confidence builder, especially for me watching them play. But it but it's been more than just one result. I think we've seen this over the course of the season. They need to have a better start offensively than what they've had in a few of their games. Um, if they can get their offense going early, I think they can find a way to to pull out a win on the road. It won't be easy. I think it's uh it's gonna be a three point game or less. We're different on that. We, I've got ETBU, you've got McMurray, and I think coming off the high of the of that rivalry game and that close, I think that will play a little factor in their preparation this week. Just, just me. I have no inside information. I'm just saying. And that takes us to the fourth game. Lamar at Southeastern Louisiana. Riley, talk about games we didn't think we'd be picking in the beginning of the year. Add this one to that list. Who you got? No doubt. This is this is gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I mean, Southeastern, the, the, look, they have a ton of talent on their roster. It just doesn't seem like it's ever been able to line up it, all you know all in one game up to this point. But I will say this: last week they played Incarnate Ward, you know, UIW down there on the road, really, really tough. I mean, it, it was it was maybe the best performance I've seen from from SLU this entire season. To be completely honest, with with knowing how good UIW is, I think they I think they're going to be ready to get in the win column finally. I think they they get it done here in this one, get get themselves a victory and finally kind of uh, kind of you know get that camel off their back here, which which has been kind of a big storyline, one that we didn't really expect much of the season with a really really difficult start for them to to 2023. I wrote about the Boomtown Boys last week in the Four Downs. I can't pick you this week. I just think SLU, uh, they remind me of one of those teams. Yeah, they had that bad game against Houston Christian, so that means they're going to be focused a little more this week. They are a good team. They have played well the last couple weeks, Tarleton and UIW. Lamar is also playing well. I just think this comes down to a little bit of a horse's battle, and SLU is a little deeper right now. So we are both taking the Lions there, and that takes us into the next game. Texas Southern at Bethune-Cookman. This is a SWAT game. This is a big one, Riley, and it, it hits here because Texas Southern does not have Andrew Body. He's been injured, doubtful that he returns this year. And this is a Bethune-Cookman team that right now you look at these two teams and they're pretty even. You look at them on right. paper and they're pretty even I I went back and forth, but I just think, and this is where I am giving uh, Clarence McKinney some credit. He has built a lot of depth over the last four years. Bethune-Cookman Bethune has had their struggles at times. We've, we've all heard about some of their coaching issues, but that leads to player issues, leads to depth issues. I think depth plays a factor. I take the Tigers on the road. Yeah, it's funny. I I was kind of thinking along those same lines in this one. I just think, uh, I think that the the you know that that Texas Southern is is ultimately 
a little bit of a deeper team here in this one. And, and maybe, you know, the way things match up starters-wise, I, I think maybe they might be similar in talent. Uh, but Texas Southern seems like they're, they're just a, a, a step or two ahead. That might be an, enough to get the job done. Could be a, a three-point game, three- to seven-point game. But I think Texas Southern uh, finds a way to get themselves a, a big victory here, a much-needed victory and a well-earned one, too. It, it is, and that we are both on the Texas Southern bus this week. This one, next one, Riley, Western New Mexico at West Texas A&M. The Buffs come into this on a three-game losing streak after shutting out Midwestern State 27 to nothing, I believe it was. Now they're on a three-game losing streak, and, and you combine the amount of points they've lost by, and it comes to a total of nine, including seven last week on the road at a good Kingsville team. Is this the week the Buffs get back in the win column? I think so. It's been a rough stretch, right? I mean, to, to lose three games by combined nine points, uh, especially those first two one-point margins, I mean, you got to feel for him. I mean, to go through that, uh, it's, a, it's a tough place to be, but at the same time, it, it builds your motivation. It, it builds the intensity. Um, it, you get into a place where whether you're on the road or at home, it doesn't really matter. It's just going to be about finding a way to – Take advantage uh, of what you know what your strengths are. I think this defense is is undoubtedly you know one of the better defenses in the LSC, and you know we've seen it's you know we've seen the ups and the downs, but I think West Texas A&M pulls out a, a victory here and probably one that they've been uh, looking for for a few weeks now. They're going to need a good defense because they're facing a Devin Larson and Western New Mexico squad that can can move the ball and can score some points. They also have that experience at quarterback that West Texas A&M doesn't have. No, man, I'm going with the Buffs. Are you kidding me right now? Good Lord, they still have the momentum. Now, if this was last year, I, I would probably not go for this reason alone, but they're still going to have a home field advantage. They've still got an excited crowd there. They're going to be there looking for a win. Things are pointing up in West Texas, and I think they continue in that direction. I think they take care of Western New Mexico this week. So both Riley and I are on the buff train. That leads us down to this one, Southwestern at center. Riley, I don't know what to say. I just can't trust the Pirates, man. I just – I they're, I don't know. I think I don't I don't know if they know right now. Like I think if we just looked at each other, we just look at each other with the I don't know face. I, I think that's what we have. Uh and since I don't know, I I can't go with it. I'm gonna have to go center on this one at home. Yeah, and, and I mean it, Southwestern, I think um this is one of those things where we talked about it and and, and uh, to be honest, I really thought we would see a big jump in wins from them this year transitioning into the SAA to a little bit uh, of a weaker conference. But, you know, funny enough, the SAA is really taking a big step forward this season, it seems like. And there's a lot more parity within that conference. It hasn't been easy to pick up wins. I think that's reflective in, in Southwestern's record. With that said, I, I think Southwestern does have some of the some of the playmakers necessary to find a way to get a win here. You know, they played Barry uh, last week. I think they probably – you know, found out some things about themselves playing a good team like that. I think it's going to carry over into this week. I'm going to take them to get this win at center. You're on Southwestern. I'm on center. I just demand the Pirates turn the ball over too much. 
and and they beat themselves. They really do. They do. They, they, they do. have really beat themselves this year. Yeah. Every yeah. time I talk with Coach Austin, it's like a broken record. I think he wants me to stop messaging him now because he's like, we beat ourselves, man. <laughs> it's what it. That's just what it is. And now we go into the JUCO ranks that has two fantastic games this week. We're starting off Navarro at Trinity Valley. Curious what you got in this one, Riley. Yeah, this is going to be a, a big time matchup. I mean, we joke about it every week, but it's just so hard to pick these games, right? I mean, you, you don't really know. Um, and, and this one, though, to be completely honest, I think Trinity Valley is going to be my pick. I, I just, I think they've, They've shown that they can they can win a game like this, and I, I think it's going to be one of those games that you're going to have to grind it out. It's not going to come by a, a by a wide margin, but I think uh, Trinity Valley ultimately has enough um, to to power themselves to a to a pretty significant victory in this one. And this Southwest Junior College Football Conference is ridiculous. It's just crazy, man. Like seriously, yeah. how how are each of these teams? So darn good every single year. I don't know. Look, the Cardinals are at home. That gives them an edge over the Bulldogs. I say three points because it's called home field advantage. Give me <laughs> Trinity Valley. I don't know how you how you differentiate these teams in this conference. They're all so talented. And that leads us into the last one, which is another one of these SWJCFC games, Blinn at Tyler. And this is a this is a talented blend squad. They just can't put it together this year. That that Ryan Mahan hasn't been able to figure out the pieces needed necessarily at times to get the wins in the conference. They are right there, and they will be right there this week against an Apaches team that sometimes doesn't play as well as other times. I just don't think this is one of those weeks. I, I think the Apaches, especially being at home, Blends had struggles until they proved me they can overcome it. I'm going to go with Tyler. Yeah, Tyler's my pick as well. I mean, it's it's interesting when you look up and down at the standings within this conference. Uh, so many teams just basically within a half game of each other, a game of each other. It's been so competitive, uh, but I think Tyler – does get a win here. Blinn just has, has really struggled in a lot of different areas of the game. You're right. There's a lot of talent on the roster, but I think Tyler ultimately is going to be the, the winner in this one. And uh, it could be a, could be a close matchup. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. For those not aware, the SWJCFC has playoffs. The top four teams in the conference advance to the semifinals. Obviously, then it becomes a playoff bracket from there. Last year, Riley, there were, I believe, four or five teams tied for the last two playoff spots. <laughs> and that's where they were going into these tiebreakers. I'm hoping they don't do it, but it is it truly is that competitive oh, every yeah. single season. It is so hard. Uh, we're both on Tyler. We're both got Trinity Valley. I took center. You've got Southwestern. We're riding the WT, Texas Southern, Southeastern Louisiana. We split. You've got McMurray. I've got the home team there. I've got, I'm on a home team kick this week. <laughs> I got the home team with ETBU. You like the road teams. You've got Prairie View. I've got uh, Houston Christian. Look at that. And then we're both on Angelo as well. So when we split this week, you're taking the, the visitors. I'm taking the home cooking. Yep. 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hope, I, my goal is just to be above 500 this week. That's, I'll be happy if I'm above 500. My goal is to be above 500 for the whole year right now. We are <laughs> we are so close to not doing that. That's what's crazy. It's so much fun. Thank you so much, Riley, for joining me this week. And thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. We will return next week where we're going to preview week eight games. We are already mid Getting to mid to end October here very fast. For Riley Zayas, I'm Corey Hoke. Thank you so much for joining us. And until we meet again, stay safe.